Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Before you, okay, so I just want to get this out of here. We put we put a warning. We're reading the we read the entirety of the Obelisk Gate. Okay, couldn't stop. Not just two thirds of it. Getting that out of the way first. If you mm-hmm. only read two thirds, hit the pause button. Finish that book. Big end. Or <laughs> exactly. Or uh, listen to Dan's upcoming rant before we get into the book, which I I feel like is going to be a good one. Uh, yeah, Luke, this is going to be this is going to be getting back to some of our classic rants that we've done in the past. The one that comes to mind is the Blackberry Jam rant that you've done mm. previously, which I'm sure is a listener favorite at this point. <laughs> I. I want to start with a very particular critique of my grocery store, but but expand <laughs> out <laughs> expand out to a larger critique on grocery stores in general. Okay. Ooh, okay. Love this. And I I do want to say I want we haven't named this yet, but I think that this just kind of takedown of an everyday experience should be a named segment by now. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I don't like not so mundane. We'll we'll have to come up with a segment title. We'll we'll, we'll think about it. Yeah, we'll think about it. It took us a while to get that other segment title from last episode, The Creative Solutions with Luke and Dan. So it's probably going to take us a while for this one. We got to get into it, though. Luke, my critique for my grocery store. (laughs) It's like kind of a smaller grocery store, right? It's not like a really huge like Walmart sized building. It's like uh, it's a little bit smaller. So they don't always have everything that you necessarily want. But today I was like, I really want some like pre-packaged, just like Nestle Toll House cookie dough. Just like the Mm. most basic, you just put it in the oven for like 10 minutes and you pull out cookies. You know what I'm talking about? It's in like the refrigerated section, typically. When I say typically, I mean at like Target or whatever, you can get this. But my grocery store doesn't have this, like, basic cookie dough. You know what they did have, though, Luke? Oh, no. They had three different varieties of gluten-free prepackaged cookie dough that was, like, just like the... It was, like, gluten-free, and it was marketed as, like, clean, wholesome cookie dough. And I'm like, I don't want that. (laughs) I don't want my cookie dough to be clean, wholesome, gluten-free. Like, that is not what I'm looking for, grocery right. store. And it's like, you you made the space for three different kinds of gluten-free cookie dough. Could you not have gotten even one that's just the the nastiest stuff that you can buy? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all for including gluten-free stuff. Absolutely. I just don't know if it should be the majority. Or the only option. Especially because it's like, there is this, there is this like confluence right now of like gluten-free being healthier for you and people thinking gluten-free is like a healthier option. And for some people, maybe that's true. But like to claim that for everyone eating things that are gluten-free is healthier, I think is a bold statement. That I want to mm. see some empirical data about before Not I'm like, up. before I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, okay, this is definitely better for me. I should get the gluten-free kind of stuff, and not just some marketing scheme to make me pay ten dollars for prepackaged cookies that I'm gonna throw in the in the oven. Okay, okay. Let me just ask you: Did you try the gluten-free cookies? No, I didn't. What are you talking about? Am I gonna try and the they gluten-free might be good. cookies? They might be good. Luke. Maybe they're like, we're going to make up for the lack of gluten by adding double the chocolate chips. Yeah, I, no. It's like, okay. There's no way. There's no. I said no. I didn't get any of them. <laughs> I said no to the grocery store. And this is the larger point that I want to make about grocery stores that I'm having beef with, Luke. <laughs> I just that I'm having that beef with. Okay? Okay. It's that they... It seems to be that they've gone too progressive in some instances. And I hinted at it a little bit with the, like, they only had gluten-free options for these cookies. But, like, there, there's also, like, a few other things that you just can't buy 
at this grocery store unless it's like an expensive like a really expensive alternative that's like better it's like healthier or better mm-hmm. they like mm-hmm. one of the examples is like sugar like you can only buy organic like brown cane sugar that's like raw brown cane they don't they don't have just like the big sack of like sugar there that doesn't exist at this grocery store you can't buy just like hershey's chocolate you can't just if you're making s'mores you have to buy like fancy from a different country i guess all chocolate is technically from a different country but i you know what i'm talking about it's like imported chocolate is the only kind you can buy and this grocery store isn't like small small it's not it's not like just a convenience store kind of thing it's like a reasonable size like i go there for all of my groceries pretty much every week okay okay i i agree with you to a certain extent because here's the thing i think we go to probably very similar grocery stores where it's like a farmer's market style grocery store yes where they have like a lot of a lot of bulk items mm-hmm. is, is the type of grocery store that I'm assuming. Yeah, that's right. And I'm I at. think that you're right where they have, like, if you go there for a specific thing in mind, you can find it, but it's not going to be the exact version that you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. I kind of get why they do it because they have to be, like, consistent. Like, you can't have the... You're not going to a grocery store that has paneer, but also has like Toll House cookies. Dude, that's so funny that you just mentioned paneer because today <laughs> I was literally looking for paneer at this fancy grocery store. Couldn't find it. It's hard. Okay, paneer is hard to get. Oh my uh, god, it was a mess. So, I went to two stores. No paneer. Paneer, paneer, and Halibut. You got to go to like Whole Foods or something. <laughs> We're getting off topic. My issue is that when I there's like specific things that I need that are at like the garbage grocery stores. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't yes. say garbage, the normal grocery stores. Yeah, I think normal, it's like the big. I want to get my cereal. I need my off brand cornflakes because I don't want to spend $7 on like weird cornflakes at the good one. I want to get my, my just garbage cornflakes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And you can't, like, I don't want to make the trip all the way out to like the big normal brand name grocery store because often it's like too big. But there's certain things that I feel like if you're going to call yourself a grocery store, you got to have. And like the reason why I said it was a larger issue is it feels like at this store, it's like part of the branding of the store that they don't have Hershey's chocolate or like just Mm -hmm. sugar it feels like part of the like this is like a healthy grocery store we're only going to carry like healthy ethical ethically sourced food which like i am not opposed to this necessarily but at the same time there's a few things that are just like if you're gonna have chocolate just have the other chocolate (laughs) if you're gonna have cookie dough that's in a refrigerated case have the like nestle gross or even not nestle if you hate nestle which like obviously they're terrible there's other brands that are like doing the same thing that are not gluten-free like there are options <laughs> the other craziest thing about this though which i i find wild and then we can move on this is again very specific like hyper specific to this grocery store i'm talking about <laughs> love that there is a huge portion of their frozen food section that is just frozen pizza but that's every grocery store. Huge, Luke. <laughs> I'm talking 70% of the volume that they have that is frozen food is frozen pizza. Ooh. Okay, that's high because there's a lot of good frozen foods. Um, it's It's weird, guys. It's just weird, y'all. <laughs> do they have frozen waffles? They do, yes. Is that like the other 30%? <laughs> No, frozen waffles get like half of a shelf. Oh, that's tough because they should be more. Um, I think that's I think that's a very fair critique. I often, well, not often, but occasionally find myself making a a two grocery store trip. Mm. Mm-hmm. I man, I try and avoid that at all costs because it is. It's tough. You don't want to do that. You really don't. 
<laughs> you really don't. Okay, lo- love that rant. Um, gotta get more like it. Gotta get more ultra specific. Very relatable. Things like that. Yeah. But let's get let's get into our book. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we've finished the obelisk gate. Yes. Luke, and... can we start off with called shots real quick? Because I want to get them out of the way. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's a few. Yeah, okay. go for it. First called shot, uh, the Guardians thing, where they're they're like essentially made by having a surgical thing implanted in their sesapane or whatever it is. I'm going to say that was almost exactly called shot from you both. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Pretty freaking good. I, I will say, let me just say, though, because... Like, that was definitely a called shot, and I'll give you credit for it. Mm -hmm. There's a moment here where Nassin, like, kind of says it, and Shafa, like, is about to kill her because he's like, no one can know. It's like, literally, like, how does does no one guess this yet? You guys all have scars in the back of your head. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, uh, maybe they all, maybe it's part of their training, Luke. Like, Dan has lived in this world for two hours <laughs> and has already figured it out. I feel like this is not a very... Maybe the Guardians just think it's a well-kept secret, mm-hmm. but it's like, maybe it's like this, a secret that doesn't really have repercussions when people figure it out. Right, because it's not like anyone... It's You don't do anything once you know that some surgery made them a Guardian. Like, how does that affect a Guardian's ability? It doesn't. Right. If if you if you can do something about that, like you can already, like if you if you're at the stage of like chopping a guardian's neck, it doesn't really matter. Right. You're like you're gonna cut their head off anyway. It sounds like so that that should be it. The other thing about this, which is has potential, Luke, is maybe this is just something Shafa forgot. You know, there's this whole category of things that Shafa. Mm-hmm. Shafa's brain deleted when it was running out of oxygen. Maybe one of them was like, this is common knowledge and really not a big deal that everybody knows about it. Okay, could be. And so Nassin is like, hey, I know your thing. And Shafa's like, uh, is she supposed to know that? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't even know that thing. Right, right. Okay, get, what's the next called shot? Because I feel like you had multiple. <clears throat> next called shot. Uh... This is kind of a joke, I think, but turned out to be extremely accurate. They are operating on a meat-based economy. Like, the conflict in this, the rest of this book, for our main comm, where Essen is a part of, is like, hey, we're only going to have enough protein for, like, maybe a year, and then we're in trouble. Right. I mean, okay. (laughs) That's a meat-based economy if I've ever heard of one. I mean, okay, but, like, I'm not giving you a ton of credit for, like, recognizing that there's going to be a food shortage. <laughs> all right, all right, fair enough. I think that you just, I, I will, I like the term food, like, uh, meat-based economy. I feel like that was good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No. Okay. So I'll give you that. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> um, I'm. Tra- those are the only ones I have written down, Luke. Are, do you want to give me credit for other called shots here? I should I should have written some down, but I I, I felt like there were there were more. W- one thing that I want to do, that's kind of an anti called sh- well not really an anti called shot, but just a, were we were we overly harsh on the guardians now that we know a little bit more? Mm, I don't think so. I still hate the guardians. I think they're pieces of shit. Uh, you, I can get the perspective. I can get the perspective that, like, they are also, like, creations of their circumstances. Like, they're also kind of born out of what circumstance they were created in. Mm-hmm. I get that. But also, like, they're pretty shitty. You know? Yeah. I I think that I have much more sympathy for them than I previously did. Like, last book, it was just like, yeah, these guys are terrible, the worst. No, like, nothing bringing them back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now it's like, I we haven't met anyone that's, like, genuinely in charge. But, so I still don't quite know the, like, top-level guardian situation. 
Um, but yes. like uh, the people, like Shafa, it's like okay, yes, you do a lot of bad stuff, but I like see why. Because like the alternative is like killing themselves. I feel like is really the only other alternative. <laughs> yes, I think this is this has a lot of. This is a fair point. This is a fair point. But I don't think... So what you're looking for are the people at the top who are, like, responsible. And I don't think there are people at the top who are, like, responsible for all of this terribleness. Like, I have a feeling, like, the way that this is written is more of just, like, look at the horror of this system that's been set up. Like, the system of Guardians is, like, self perpetuating and the system of origins the fulcrum is self-perpetuating because it's like in this society one of the only ways they can survive Mm. like it's explained how like people will just murder origins as soon as they find out and this is just one way that they have figured out to like not have that happen and grant i'm not saying it's the only way because this system is super bad. Like, the Guardians are not great. The Fulcrum didn't do a great job at making people who are happy, healthy, and and whole. Uh, I think there's probably a better system out there. But I don't think there's, like, people at the top who are, like, pulling the strings and are like, yes, we'll form this system of Guardians and Origins, and it'll be terrible, but beautiful. I think it just kind of, like... It just exists now. Okay. I feel like this that that makes more sense for this book than to have like some shadowy organization that's like very that's like too QAnon for for this like <laughs> deep of a book. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. It there's definitely not a to to reference a book we've read recently. There's not a traitor Baru Cormorant like group of of people that mm-hmm. are running this whole thing. This feels very much more like this system is just busted. Luke, I have a question okay. for you that we, we haven't really explored a whole lot. We talked about how this seems to be our world that this is taking place in. Like maybe this book is taking place in a futuristic version of our Earth. Right. I think... There's a lot of good evidence that that is true. But if we if we for a moment say maybe it's not. Let's let's step out of that space and say okay, this this is its own thing. It's its own universe. There's magic and we don't have magic, so maybe this is its own deal. Then it leads me to an interesting question and that is what if the moon is really really tiny? They're talking okay. about catching the moon because they they sent it away on this journey. Well, ac- they accidentally like shot it away from the Earth, and now they have to catch it as it's coming back. Right. But nobody knows how big the moon is, and Essen's talking about it like it's going to be this big challenge. Like, oh, how am I supposed to catch a- the moon? That's insane. What if it's like a football-sized thing? <laughs> okay um because there's no there is no discussion about the size of this moon that they're trying to catch like we get that it's a it's an orbiting body it's attracted gravitationally to the earth and it's been sent away a long time ago right but what if it's just a little guy just well okay but maybe then it gets to the point of precision rather than just power in terms of catching it, right? Because you've got to, you've got to get it into the right orbit. Mm-hmm. Is the thing, mm-hmm. right? You're not like genuinely just like stopping the moon, right? When it comes in, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I feel like currently the whole thing has been in like getting enough power to, but yes. there's not like a instruction manual for for her to be like, okay, you just need to like nudge it into this particular orbit right nobody's talking about the orbital mechanics really this book they need to have a copy of the of the seven eves Eves to read because that's some essential knowledge that they should have 
And it talks I mean, about the dangers of the moon, which like should be talked about when we're thinking of bringing this thing back because things could go poorly. Things could things could go very poorly. Uh, I do think that it seems like the Stone Eaters have some knowledge of like orbital mechanics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think antimony like uses some term similar to that in this book at some point, but they're not being very forthcoming. I will say. Yeah, a lot of people are not being very forthcoming in this freaking book, especially to to Essen. And you're, it's just like, guy, if you want her to do something, you guys need to tell her more information. Like, it doesn't need to be a secret. <laughs> I get that some things will just take too long to explain, but other things, like, you could do it. You could do it pretty quick, actually. Uh, but yeah, I just think, what if the moon's really tiny in actuality? Just a little guy. <laughs> and then you've got all this worry for nothing. Like you could just, like Essen could just reach out on her own and be like, oh yeah, that, yeah, I could catch that. Right. I, like, the issue, it's come through in the past, right, we hear. And maybe the issue in the past was not like because it's hard, but because like the person alarm didn't go off that morning. right you've got a very small window of time to catch this thing. right right yeah maybe it's maybe it's pretty easy i don't know i doubt it yeah <laughs> but I, it's probably hard to good do. point it's probably hard to do it's probably also pretty big but maybe not you would you would think maybe the maybe uh the evil earth guy will like help out a little bit Okay. I'm interested that you brought up the evil earth guy. Can we move on from the tiny moon to talk about the evil earth guy? Sure. Yeah. What is this? Is this? Okay. Because it seems like the earth, the planet that all of these people live on, according to Alabaster, is actually alive and angry and wants to kill everyone on it. Mm -hmm. What does that mean, Alabaster? You can't just be like, I jumped into a hole and, oh boy, somebody is mad down there. <laughs> what, what do you mean the Earth wants to kill us? Mm -hmm. Like, if I pick up a rock, does this rock have an urge to bash my head in but it just can't? What, what right. does it like, mean? You, what does it mean? What are what capabilities is the Earth working with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because like so far, it's been kind of scientific. Yes. Well, it's been like tectonic plates and like causing volcanoes to happen. Right. Which it's like, I feel like the big guy should have a little bit more up his sleeve. Right. Like, in the grand scheme of things, that's not that cool. Okay, so just just for, for completeness sake, there's three sides. Yes, there's a war with three sides. Mm -hmm. The Earth is on one side. I think. And this, this is where I couldn't quite follow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it seems like maybe the other two sides are different parts of the Stone Eaters. That's where one side like wants to coexist with the rest of the humans, and the other side wants to wipe them out. Is that your read as well, or is there another side that I'm missing? That is my read, but the challenge here is. So it feels like, yeah, there's one side that just wants to kill everybody out there. There's another side that wants to bring the moon back and have it orbit so that the Earth, like, stops causing volcanoes to happen. Stops doing volcanoes. Mm -hmm. And then there's another side that I, they also seem to want the moon to come back. But my read yeah. was they want the Earth or they want the moon to, like, collide with the earth maybe oh is that what that's my because i'm trying to figure out the difference 
between the two because clearly there's a, a rift between among the stone eaters like hoa and steel seem to be enemies yes but hoa it seems like wants the moon to come back into orbit with the earth right and that's what alabaster's trying to do and like it seems like that's what essen is trying to do so then in the last section when steel is like hey nassen is that her name i mean nassen is what i'm saying but nassen nasa oh yeah that hey there it is that's nice (laughs) anyway when steel is like hey nassen you should bring the moon back that was confusing to me because i was like wait they both want the moon well okay 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 there's a couple things here because I feel like either way, for the stone eaters, mm-hmm. if you, even if you want to either kill all the humans or coexist with them, it would, I feel like it would still be nice to not have the earthquakes all the time. I don't know if the stone eaters care though, right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure either. It's unclear kind of what they even are still, right? Yeah. Like Alabaster says they're people and they're on the same side, but ah man, what's going on with this war is essentially what Luke and I are saying. I, I also feel like like calling it a three-way war I feel like is a little bit of an over of an oversimplification considering like one side of the stone eaters well, okay, let's let's just say only one side of the stone eaters wants to bring the moon back. Mhm. I feel like that's also what the Earth wants. Yes. It's like at that uh, at that point they're on the same team. Well, and this is where I'm like so the Earth seems to not care about the moon anymore according to like what Alabaster and some of the stone eaters are saying. It seems more like the Earth just wants to kill all people and be done with them. The Earth is much less interested in bringing the moon back. Which I feel like is just okay. spiteful at that point. Like, come on, guys. Well, maybe the Earth is just, like, not super... It's not, like, a sophisticated being. You know what <laughs> I mean? The Earth is a big, dumb idiot. The Earth is one <laughs> side of this war because it's so big and everybody lives on the Earth, but it is the stupidest idiot in this war. Right. We're, like, the series, like we're trying to help you, buddy. Trying to help you. And it's just flailing out, causing volcanoes to happen. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's the stupid one. I think that's fair. I think the Earth is the dumb one out of all of them. But I think overall, overall, we can just say, if you know something, say something, you guys. Please, help us. I, I will say, I don't know. Hoa is very interesting. Because, mm-hmm. like, he seems like he's one of the really powerful ones. Mm-hmm. But he also seems like he doesn't really care about things except for just, like, helping out Essen because she was nice to him that one time. He talks a huge game for somebody who got his arm ripped off and half of his head smashed in very, right, very quickly. Right. I will say he was in, like, human mode. I don't know how that affects things necessarily, but... But he's still talking a big game while he's in human mode. So That's true. Maybe that's part of their culture. I don't know. Hoa's thing is interesting. I think what's what's very interesting about the Stone Eater situation. Are you picking up on the connection between the Guardians and Origins and Stone Eaters and Origins? Uh maybe not. So like Shafa is constantly talking to Nassen about how he like will do what she wants because she lo- like he loves her and he's like going to protect her and he's like he cares about her and he's like her guardian. Mm-hmm. Hoa is saying like the exact same stuff to Essen. Hoa is okay. like I can see that. I love you. I'm going to like protect you and do whatever I can to protect you. And like powerful origins have stone eaters that just follow them around like steel is starting to do it with nasa now and then antimony 
did it with alabaster right but that more seems to be except for maybe hoa seems to be them wanting something from the origins i at I, le- definitely with steel at least with steel it does seem that way both antimony and alabaster it seems more just like antimony really likes alabaster and is just like chilling with him i i yeah the the other the other piece that connects them is it, it kind of revealed at the end here where Essen is like reaching out to the obelisks and like figuring out how magic works and she notices that like magic connects everything that's alive and their like focal points are the obelisks mm-hmm. and Nassen sees all of these like silvery what we learn later are magic, like threads of magic connecting to the shard that's in Shafa's head, which seems like right. very similar to the thing going on with the obelisk where a bunch of like magic, like life forces are connecting in to this one like focal point. Yes. I don't know. I would like, I would agree with that. I don't know what it means. <laughs> Oh, this, yeah, this is pure speculation. Yeah. Right. Um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm actually not super positive that the like light around Shafa's thingy are, is necessarily the same kind of light as the magic. Mm. I don't know. I feel like it is... It seems like it is to me because it comes from like living things like when he he first gets out of the ocean and he massacres that whole family he like steals their their light which yeah but i don't think the light is the that he's stealing is the same light that's hurting him maybe not maybe not yeah yeah i don't know i feel like i do think that it's like the magic that is connecting him but maybe there's a difference okay so first off clearly the thing in shafa's head is one of these like rusty nails that that we find in the like control room right right so those seem to be like connected in the same kind of deal so (laughs) maybe this is like a and it seems angry, so maybe this is p- part of the evil Earth thing, where the yeah. Earth guy was like, "I'm gonna send up some gross stuff," and it's right. gonna. And I think that they come from up. that pit, right? Don't they? They come from that pit that they found in the last book. It seems like that. Yes, yes. So maybe it's like some corruption of the magic that's happening there, where the Earth is like, "You idiots." I'll make you really strong, but it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt really bad. You're going to hate it. Um, yeah, I think that that's, that's probably it. Good for good for Nassim for being able to find magic so easily. Yeah, it seems like it was a uh, no big deal. Pretty, pretty good. I also, the, the son that got killed, supposed to be even stronger like by a lot than Nassin. um so essen is over here just like kind of crushing it yes it seems like she is her offspring seem to all have been extremely powerful right like every single one of them so kind of a bummer obviously a bummer but uh luke do you think we're gonna get a mother-daughter sword fight Mm. do you mean literal sword fight well i don't know because they haven't actually used these swords to fight at all yet right like we've we've yet to see any kind of duel happen right because the they're basically um obelisks that are still have the full power of an obelisk but they're just like in knife form yes 
which is cool it's very cool yeah it's cool as hell i i do i do think it'd be nice to get a little moment where like you know you think all of the magic is going to be the big thing but it turns out to be a little hand-to-hand combat that like saves or determines the fate of the world yeah like they draw swords on each other and they're like oh you have a pink sword well i've got a blue sword now let's fight and they do a cool sword fight you know (laughs) do some do some backflips and stuff oh that'd be so tight (laughs) i kind of want that to happen i do too i do too now um small thing since you brought up the the little like rusty nails mm-hmm. and there's there's the one that goes into tonky mm-hmm. and they're trying to get it out pretty tough and uh essen like cuts off her arm and makes it seem like it was a huge mistake like she was like ah oh, now i'll never forgive myself but it's like that was that was really the only thing to do right and and then this is this is that's kind of a random aside, but they reattach the arm, mm-hmm. and like it's not perfect, but it's pretty good. And I'm just curious. It seems like we're very far along with our medical technology. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the weird thing about this world, right? Is there is they're using crossbows and like knives made of stone. But at the same time, they have, like, they can help with, like, infections. They have, like, antibiotics and can reattach an arm. Right. So it's very weird. Yeah. I think they specifically even have, like, penicillin. Yeah. Yeah. And they have cities of, like, 40 million people. Right. But they're also... Not anymore, but... (laughs) They're also using crossbows. Like, what... What are... Where are we, guys? What did we forget? Just prioritizing different technologies. And good for them for not going weapons, honestly. Yeah, I, I guess I'm actually into into that. But it's it's interesting. That and how... I kind of wonder if the control room that they don't really know how to work has, like... Like, if we were to see it, we'd be like, oh, that's an iPad. Oh, hang on. That's just an iPad over there. Here, let me right. help you out. Here's how it works. Have you, you can take pictures of this thing, too. Have you Have you tried that? No? No, you just use it to control the temperature? Yeah, I, I guess you could do that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's probably a lot of good stuff in the control room, especially considering our, our sight into, like, the past civilizations seems pretty good Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like they seem pretty advanced um control room i feel like might just be like a just you know video game lounge it's actually a dave and busters (laughs) the whole place is just a dave and busters that would make sense with all the crystals and the glowing lights everywhere i think that's right (laughs) They uncover a cache of uh, of chicken wings, of frozen chicken wings. That they're like, what are these things? I don't know, but that's protein. Get that protein. Excellent. Love that. Love that. Speaking of somebody getting that protein, there is a character. That's their name is Jarka, H J A R K A. Yes. And they have teeth that have been filed down, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Does this make them seem a little too eager for cannibal time? I mean, it's definitely like a not a good look, especially when that topic comes up. R- right. You right. can't if you have filed teeth, you cannot be the first person to suggest cannibalism. <laughs> You have to be the last. Oh, interesting. You have to be the holdout so that you kind of, you go counter to whatever it expects you to do with your Well, like if you're, if you're the first one to say it, Uh then it's like, I don't really know. It's probably not time yet. 
because that seems too early. I see you know what, what you're I mean? saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, everybody else is going to also think that Jarka is too into, into it. So if Jarka brings it up, they're going to be like, yeah, it's definitely too early still. Right, yeah. She's not credible, mm-hmm. basically, on this topic. Okay. That's fair. I wonder if, like, maybe we're missing a vegetable out there that you need sharp teeth to get into. Mm. Like maybe during a season, pumpkin get really hard outer skins, and you you just need some shark teeth to get through them. Could be, <laughs> could be, because currently I have a lot of success just chomping down on pumpkins. Yeah, we can do that already with our normal our normal human teeth. I just I feel like it would be so off putting to be having the discussions of like, yeah, we're gonna run out of meat soon, and then well. You all know. And then Shark is over here, like, smiling in the corner with her shark teeth. Well, you, well if you have the shark teeth, you have to be self-aware about it. Mm-hmm. You Because ha- it's like the elephant in the room. <laughs> if you're in the leadership group. Yes. And you're debating cannibalism, you have to be like, okay, yeah, let's acknowledge it. I have shark teeth. Let's move on. I'm going to be, can't just, like, I'm gonna be great at cannibalism. I get it. I'll try not to let that cloud my judgment about how quickly I want to get into cannibalism. Right. Or like abstain from that conversation. You know what I mean? <laughs> Doesn't that make you like look a little worse though? If you're like, Hey, I know I've got these sharp teeth and, uh, I'm really into cannibalism. So I'm going to abstain from the discussion. Cause I'm biased because I really want to get to the cannibalism. No, I feel like that's good. I feel like you've got to. I guess it just seems like a weird person to have on my leadership committee <laughs> of somebody who's just so excited for the moment where we can finally start eating people. I mean, it's got to happen. <laughs> it's a season. Not necessarily. Because I feel like they might be sabotaging the discussion of other things because they're like, if I'm subtle about this, we can get to cannibal time sooner. So, like, maybe when we're having that discussion of, like, how much forage to get and how much of our workers should be spending time on beans versus going out and shooting deer, I can, like, tip the scales a little bit to be like, I don't think we need any more deer. I don't think it's worth it. Okay, the, you're you're assuming that this person is genuinely trying to accelerate towards cannibalism well why would they take themselves out of the discussion then well I, okay my, my theory my, my thought is that she has the sharpened teeth but she's not like mm. pushing she's not like actually pushing they're like you know they're like tattoos <laughs> right but then it's it just, just makes you look thing. bad if you say to the rest of the group i need to not participate in this discussion because I have shark teeth and you all are going to think that I'm excited to do cannibalism. And then it's like, okay, okay, okay. Maybe you don't have to abstain, but you have to acknowledge it. Uh, that's fair. I think you do have to acknowledge it. That's true of how good you'll be at cannibalism. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's move on. Let's talk about how many people our mom and daughter duo have killed between them. Oh boy. It is so many. It is millions probably <laughs> i mean granted most of those are essen in that one event where she kills the entire big city yeah we'll get back to that but she also causes the death of like everyone in alia right when she she brings the obelisk up and then a volcano happens right i mean okay and that her, one her old like... calm she iced everybody there there are so many bodies in her wake. That's true. The The most recent one, the big city one, seemed more unnecessary. Yeah, my only note for this is, is that a little much? It felt a little bit much. Yes. I get killing all of the the folks that are attacking you. Like, that's self-defense. Mm-hmm. Sure. But it's not like when this city has none of their 
army return, they're going to be like, we need to get vengeance. And we should send another army to go attack this this calm that defeated us. Like, you you won. You don't need to rub it in, Essen. Right. Right. And you killed everyone there? Like, there's for sure children in this city, right? Yeah, I mean, these cities are huge. So, like, we couldn't have a little discretion, Essen? This is sort of... Not to be on the side of the Guardians and the Stills. This is kind of proving the point of how dangerous Origins are. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, not to be on their side, but, like, there is, an, like, a reason. The Origins are genuinely very dangerous, especially when we're connecting to the uh, Obelisk Gate and have the power to uh, turn a couple million people into stone. Yeah, like... This is just a power-up to Essen being able to murder people quickly. Like, it it seems like without the obelisk, they probably could have been able to defend themselves from this army. Like, it seems like using the power of all the origins there, if Essen was the one to yoke everybody, they probably could have done the boil bug strategy, defeated the army. But now... Essen can get vengeance on a city that has never met them before. Right, right. I feel like I feel like she had all of this energy and she had to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Right. And she went for the murder route. Which to be she didn't have a ton of time to think, I guess. Yeah, but the fact that her first thought was like, ah, I should kill them all. Right. Like maybe you Build a wall around your compound. Build a skyscraper. Build That'd a, be kind of cool. Build a cool skyscraper. Make a statue of an origin saving a kitten from a tree. Being like... A big one. A giant, giant statue. Really big. And then for miles around, everyone's like, oh yeah, that's the cool origin, so we don't have to kill them anymore, because they're cool. <laughs> and they're helpful. And nice. And they make cool sculptures. Very, very cool sculptures. Um, I'm optimistic about the efficacy of that strategy, but mm. yeah, I mean, you don't have a ton of time to think, sure, but just like build something kind of cool. Yeah, maybe don't murder. Maybe murder shouldn't be like one of the first, like top three things that you go to. Uh, it does seem to work out for them in the end where they're like, hey, our comm is dying, but Essen did just free up a huge city for us. So right. I get that that works out. I don't think that that was necessarily Essen's intention, though. No, because also like now, your this city is going to be incredibly creepy. The creepiest thing, and imagine as word starts to get around that it was like Essen that did this. Every time you see right. one of these things, you're like, "Oh, I hope that's not me." Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. It's so I grim. feel like it would have, it's going to have a lot of uh, repercussions. Like, public opinion was already pretty bad against Origins. <sighs> yeah. I can't imagine this would help. Maybe Catching the Moon will. I, it, kinda... If it actually works, maybe. Right. Big boost be cool i doubt they're gonna get any of the credit though mm. like you know origins just do earthquakes and stuff they can't catch the moon no one's gonna believe you luke right they don't have hands like that yeah come on but yeah i uh i very much hope it solves a lot of these problems because every time we read these books i'm just reminded of how terrible like literally everyone's lives are in this book yeah like people dying all the time nobody's really like enjoying themselves with anything that's going on right like nobody's thriving no <laughs> for a while essen and alabaster were thriving when they were on the island with the pirate folks but it was not like a real long-term thriving like we all knew that was going to end fairly soon right 
And so it's just kind of a bummer that we're all nobody's nobody's thriving right now. Except the bugs. Those boil bugs seem to be thriving. <laughs> boil bugs are killing it. Great predators, the boil bugs. Horrifying, but uh gotta, gotta get rid of these guys, honestly. We really do. They're terrible. They're terrible. Okay, so uh, let's do before we move on to the next book let's do some brief reviews this is this is book two in the series i think we'll eventually finish the series so we won't do full reviews yet um i'll start with with a quick one i you know we just said how grim everything is um which is very true but i really like these books uh they're very fun to read well fun to read might not be the right term but they're very good uh i think that the like the way that the narrator is written is very interesting and i also think that the way that we get into the like kind of dark emotions and like emotional manipulation is like pretty cool and we don't i feel like that you you rarely get that deep into some of the psyches of characters and i think it's pretty cool Yes, I agree with you, Luke. I like these books a lot. Um, I think the the way that these books feel very real to me and very relevant to me when I'm reading them to like my experience of just like life, like real life, is how there's not like a bad guy anywhere. Like there's no antagonist throughout this sure you might say that the earth itself is an antagonist but like we don't really know what that is and so it's more of just like these systems that have been set up that are just like turning people into monsters and how these people are getting warped by these systems that have been set up feels very like relevant to my experience and so that's very that's very cool i think that's very well done uh yeah so i like these books too i think they're good nice nice okay yeah eventually we'll we'll come back to the third one next week we're going to be getting back to some self-published books and we're going to be reading the first third of the lost war by justin lee anderson winner of the most recent spiffbo mm-hmm. 2020 spiffbo winner justin lee anderson Pretty pretty exciting mm-hmm. so yeah read read the first third of that uh and come back to us absolutely absolutely luke well nk jemison thanks for writing another great book uh we'll, we'll see you around in part three of the broken earth trilogy when we get to it eventually uh but until then luke and i'll be coming up with hot takes and acting like dumb nerds